Thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. How are you? We are neither live nor on lunch break. Uh, we are recording in kind of an unusual situation today. Uh, I'm not even in the normal setting that you may have come uh, become accustomed to for the last, Jesus, 90 days or so that I've been working out of uh, the Cryer Media Restream Studio, but thanks to some accidental double booking, uh, I did not have that system at my disposal today, so I had to go back to my old setup. So if you're watching this, it um, it doesn't look great. <laughs> it's like it's serviceable. I uh, got all my images up, and you know, did the best I could on short notice, but it's certainly not what. Uh, you and I have come to expect, but it's the last show for 10 days or so. Um, so it happens. It happens. I, uh, I may do with what I got, move some things around, uploaded some files and things that I don't normally upload them into. Uh, not that you care at all, but, uh, that's what happened. So in case you're wondering, Hey, why does this show look like it was filmed in 1995? That's the reason why. I'm not even sure if you heard the introduction. I played it. Did it record? I guess I'll find out when I'm done. <laughs> uh, if you're first time listening, this is what we do. This is parenting, pop culture, and politics. This is that nerd podcast. That nerd dad podcast. I don't even know the name of my own show at this point. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Update right off the bat, no baby number three yet. Has not, it's not uh, come out of the womb. Has not been pushed out. Has not been uh, taken out. He is still very comfortable. And uh, my wife and I are kind of like, uh, you know, I think I use this meme for all three of my kids now. It's kind of like the Simpsons episode where Homer, so Homer says, uh, now we play the waiting game. And then immediately he goes, nah, the waiting game sucks. Let's play Hungry Hungry Hippos. We kind of just want to play Hungry Hungry Hippos. The waiting game sucks. But that's all you can do when it comes time to uh, birth. It's just one of those things. You just yeah, hurry up and wait, I believe is the old saying. That would get a lot of laughs at the office. Hurry up and wait. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Um, wife is doing fine. Seems in good spirits. Uh, I am as prepared, I think, as we can be. I'll let you know. Regardless, uh, I've been told the baby will come out sometime in the next five to ten days. Uh, so, that means no show next week. Hopefully the week after, I'll get a show in. Hopefully the week after I'll get one in. So, uh, if you don't see a brand new show for me next week, it's cause I'm parenting a newborn and I haven't been able to convince my wife that, uh, I should do a podcast. 
And if I can convince her, or actually, let me rephrase. If you do hear from me next week in the form of a podcast, it means we got a divorce because she kicked me out and I have lots of time on my hands. So you don't want to hear from me next week. Let's get into it. What do we want to talk about today? All right, I got three things, uh, keeping this a short-ish episode, depending on how long I ramble for, and uh, let's talk. They're all kind of heavy. I I intentionally picked the third topic to be really stupid, um, because the first two are heavy, heavy topics. Let's get into them. So the first one is... um, in the NHL, there has been a uh, a movement recently. Let's call it a movement afoot of the league doing their best to appear. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say pandering, but kind of pandering. They want to seem inclusive. So there's been a lot of pride nights going on. A lot of Pride Night jerseys. Now, typically, these jerseys are only worn during the pregame skate. You know, just to warm up, for the players to warm up. And then, the jerseys usually get auctioned off as game-worn, that sort of a thing. Um, so, LGBTQ community feels welcomed. Money goes to charity. Everybody wins. Where the problem has started to arise is a number of players, um, so far three, I say a number, but it's only been three who have come out so far, um, and basically said, I'm not comfortable wearing the pride jersey over my religious beliefs. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) How about that? Um, I could, I could go off on this topic, um for a very long time because uh look regular listeners know i'm not a not a religious type um i'm not necessarily anti-religion i probably lean that direction but i can certainly appreciate that some people want to believe in a higher power it it would it simplifies things i get that right i can understand that um what i don't understand is People who are saying, well, it's against my religious beliefs to su- to wear a piece of rainbow cloth because that supports homosexuality. In a sport that encourages physical violence, if you want to beat the shit out of your neighbor for five minutes, ten minutes, you get a little, you get a little warning. Hey, uh, hey, don't do that. Go sit in a timeout box for five minutes. They play on Sunday. I thought that was not the day the door the Lord rested. Look, the NHL has a branding problem. Not to mention what Team Canada went through earlier this year. But the NHL in general has a uh, elitist feel to it, doesn't it? It's a lot of white people. And why is it a lot of white people? Because it's an expensive sport. And who traditionally has the money in these communities? white people it's just like it's a social economic nightmare so the idea of pride jerseys is at least a token of of throwing it out there and saying hey hey we're yeah, everyone is welcome 
So there's been a ton of articles and a ton of language being written about this topic. Um, and a gentleman I work with at Cryer Media, um, James DeFiori, uh, I call him a certainly a friend of mine. I've uh, been on his show, he's been on mine. He dabbles in maybe not controversial topics, but he's not afraid to write about them. And he wrote an article on the weekend that basically said, look, I think we need to, I think it calls for nuance, this top, this idea, and this idea of um, forced, I want to get this phrasing, forced activism, because he believes players are being forced to wear this cloth, and that's a slippery slope, because where do we draw the line? Freedom of religion is a thing, whatever we are going to force people to wear like a coexist bumper sticker or something on them what about uh he, he uses the example of PETA animal cruelty are we going to force players to wear something that supports PETA like where do we draw the line I think there's a bit of a slippery slope argument there and to which I I wrote an article countering that again available on crier.co uh and the headline is James DeFiori called for nuance I'm tired of nuance <laughs> I really am tired of it um, I'm tired of the right side of politics, the right leaning, um, being able to weaponize these topics, whereas the left side has to provide nuance. I'm exhausted by it. Fuck nuance. You know, the idea that I, I did some math on this. Okay. Let's follow me on this one. Did some math. Best estimate I could find is that 3.5% of the U.S. population is gay or identifies as LGBTQ, something in that form. There are approximately 725-ish players in the NHL. By my math, there's at least 25 players who likely identify as LGBTQ. None of them have stepped forward. Why have none of them stepped forward? Acceptance. They are fearful that they will not be accepted. Might also be monetary things associated with that as well. Accepted by their peers, accepted by their sponsors, family, like I don't, anything. But it boils down to acceptance because if we were all accepting of it and it was no big deal, they could just live their life normally. And yet a league that is probably predominantly Christian just based on some obvious factors here, uh, three people have come forward this week and been like, hey, I'm Christian. I can't support gay people. Well, why did those three feel comfortable to come forward and say, I'm Christian, I'm not comfortable? Acceptance. Acceptance. And that's the crux of the matter. Acceptance. So, I, uh... I am not an NHL guy. I haven't been for a very long time. Um, I'm not a hockey guy. I tried to be a hockey guy. Played hockey for a little bit. Uh, just not my thing. Always been more of a basketball guy. So uh, it's easy for me to want to shit on the NHL. This just gives me another reason to. But it's not the NHL that I'm upset with. It is the individual players. They're doing more damage to the brand. They're doing more damage to themselves than if they had just been accepting of it. 
And here's, here's the crux of the whole thing. Here's what I want to see happen. I want some of these people who've come out and said, I'm Christian. I will not wear that Jersey to lose sponsorship. I want them to lose deals. I want them to maybe not get their next contract. And you know why? Because it might force other players who are thinking about out becoming outspoken against LGBTQ community or whatever the issue to remain closeted Christians. Oh, what a fun concept that would be. The irony is there. If we could force them to become closeted Christians and make them uncomfortable. The Bible says eye for an eye, right? We can, we can have this conversation. So there's an irony there. But the bottom line is, it's about acceptance. And those who are coming out and making these statements, they can spin it however they want. They're just not accepting of the fact that other people are different. Fuck those players. I think I said that rather succinctly. <laughs> okay. So, we tackled LGBTQ issues. Uh, let's, uh, let's dabble in a little race. Let's sprinkle in a little white privilege, shall we? Why not? It's been one of those weeks. Let's sprinkle in a little white privilege. Okay, so CNN ran an article that said, um, does, have you, uh, let, me, let me get the phrasing just right here. Uh, is using gifts and memes of black people, digital blackface. What a topic. What a headline. Uh, got my attention, obviously. If you're online, uh, don't find the article on Twitter and check the comments. It's just a bunch of white people using gifts and memes of black people to, I don't know, stick it to the man or whatever they think they're doing. Um, and I'll be honest with you. When I first saw the headline, I I was a little uh, a, a little insensitive. See, this is some clickbaity bullshit. Ain't nobody got time for that. Then I read the article, took the time to read it, and I paused. I was like, I am, I am not smart. I am not a good person sometimes. Um. So you can read all about my experience with it on Cryer.co. This is not meant to be just an advertisement for Cryer.co, but look, I share things with you that I'm passionate about. I often take those articles and ideas and put them in writing because not everyone watches this. Some people just read. Nerds. Um, so I put a lot of these thoughts on my article, Digital Blackface and White Privilege on Cryer.co. I'm going to take the image down. And yes, I use Macklemore uh, because why not? I like Macklemore's music, but he kind of fits the idea of uh, gender baiting, or not gender, race baiting. I digress. The article on CNN, for those who haven't read it, basically hypothesizes and states that when you, as a non-black person, use gifts and memes of stereotypical black imagery... Like, ain't nobody got time for that and whatever else are, are out there. Um, 
it is a way, it is a throwback to the blackface era of kind of adopting and, and, and borrowing those exaggerations of black culture for your own benefit and amusement. Woo-wee! So, so I, uh, this is, this is my, I have black friends moment, but I, I sent it to, uh, two people I know who are people of color, who are activist type. I'm really out of focus here. Let me just fix my camera, see if I can get myself back in focus. It's a little better. If you're watching this, I'm so sorry. It's blurry as hell. It's not my usual setup. Um, just listen to the sounds of my soothing voice. So. As I was saying, I sent this to two people of my two of my friends who are people of color, um, and said, "Read this and let me know your thoughts." I, I gotta hear it from someone other than a white person. Both of them got back to me and said, "Leave this with me. Let me let me think about it." Neither one had, neither one was out, outraged. They just had, in earnestly, never thought about it in that form before. So, they um, they wanted a second to be with their thoughts. And they wanted a second to figure it out. Now, one got back to me and said, Joe, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but he basically said, Joe, you know I'm not black. And he said, but I will admit that every time I have used um, gifts and memes of people who are black, uh, I, I've shied away from it. I've, I've been uncomfortable using it, but oftentimes it's the closest thing to represent me. Enter my white privilege. Not once have I ever thought, hey, this gif or meme doesn't represent me. Everything represents me. I'm white. Of course it represents me. Turns out it all doesn't. Um, and it's an interesting perspective, obviously. This new piece of information will, will, will not dictate, but it will certainly steer the way I interact on social media going forward. I cannot in good conscience start continue to use those memes and gifs knowing what I know now. You know, I, I will say my white privilege has, has has gone a long way for me over the years. And um it it has changed and evolved as I get new information. When I was in my teens, I would use LGBTQ and uh, uh, mentally, not challenged, not, uh, that's not the correct phrasing anymore, but those with intellectual disabilities, I would use slang terms to insult my friends at the expense of those groups. I no longer do that. You know why? Because I learned a little something along the way. About how insensitive that bullshit was. Three years ago, I'd never heard of a microaggression. Now I'm very conscious of them. And I think that's another piece. That's all this is. This, this idea of digital blackface. Just another piece of information. Um, and like, look. I, I could even make the case that in my own situation, this example I'm talking to you about right now, I should not have had to email two of my friends to say... I need your thoughts on this. It is not their job to tell me how to feel. As black people, they, they don't represent all black people. They don't represent all people of color. 
but I wanted that insight. I needed another perspective. Um, and a perspective that I could trust. Because it's easy to get caught up on online bullshit and hype and, and people who are, you know, politicizing everything for clickbait and, okay, here are two people I trust and I go, you know, I go to war with these people. Send them the article. Tell me your thoughts. And both were kind of like, there's some valid points there. I don't think they had thought of it either, which twofold. One made my white privilege feel a little bit better. Made me feel better. Made me feel better. That's not their job to make me feel better. Made me feel better though. Because if they were like, yeah, Joe, you really should have known this ahead of time. I would have been like, oh shit. <laughs> I would have felt bad. I would have felt bad. So anyways, um, all that being said, take time. I encourage you to read the article. It's certainly worth it um, to add that additional perspective. And do your best to continue to grow grow and acknowledge that there's a problem we're flawed individuals i'm flawed you're flawed we're all flawed that first step acknowledging there's a problem is the first step towards being able to accept help along the way all right last but not least no we're not doing anything else serious this is really stupid and god do i love stupid let me pull up my article and my image where's my image here all right here we go all right, so BBC ran a headline. It's not, again, we're talking really stupid here. BBC ran the headline, smelling other people's body odor tested at his anxiety therapy. No thanks. I suffer from anxiety. Well-documented case. I suffer from extreme social anxiety. <sighs> so, what does the article say? Well, at least the little Instagram headline reads, Could body odor be useful in therapy for social anxiety? Swedish scientists have been experimenting with armpit sweat to see if it helps people respond better to therapy for social anxiety. 48 women with social anxiety agreed to sniff donated armpit sweat from people watching either scary or happy movies, all while receiving a more conventional therapy, mindfulness. Researchers suggested that the smell activates brain pathways linked to emotions, offering a calming effect, but it is too soon to see if they are right. Alright, anxiety sufferers, I know you're out there. You are my people, we relate, we talk, we share stories. Would you smell... Like a little smelling start. Like if, if your doctor said, okay, I'm going to prescribe you some anxiety armpit sweat. And just give it a little. You'll be fine. Would you do it? <laughs> what the fuck are these Swedish therapists doing? Um, anyways, just so stupid. I love finding weird stuff to share. It's part of the appeal of the show. Parenting, pop culture, politics, and weird shit. It just doesn't have a P, so I don't include it. I love alliteration. Alright, that's the show. I hit stop recording instead of stop sharing. So there's going to be a weird glitch in here. But anyways. I told you, I haven't done this in a long time with this setup. Um, thank you. I just want to wanna say thank you. Um, we're in, closing in on episode 150. Some, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, 
we have gone through a shit ton together uh, as we have gone through this journey. And I have I have always tried to prioritize the show. So I get an episode out a week. Um, some are better than others. But it's always the best I can give you. I love this thing. I love this thing. I love podcasting. I love talking to you. I love interacting with you. I love the friends I've made along the way. I love Cryer Media, which used to be DeanBlundell.com. And um, I just want to say thanks. You know, we're about to experience the, the birth of my third child. And um, I, don't, I, I don't know what it is. Got me in a, got me in a weird emotional state. But um, I want to say thanks. Tell a friend that you like the show. Tell them how sincere and charming I am. Tell them about my take on uh, LGBTQ rights. I'm as woke as they come. That's not true. I'm definitely left-leaning. I don't think I'm like... Uh, I'm not hippie granola left. But I'm... Leaning left. Hard. But not hippie granola left. That's my new new metric. Am I hippie granola left or just left? Oh, now I'm just rambling. All right. That's the show. Um, I'm going to take a week off at least. Uh, hopefully only one week though. But, but for those of you who still listening, here's what I want you to do. Make sure you head over to YouTube, youtube.com slash that nerd dad and hit subscribe. Also head over to crier.co bookmark that website. Those are the two places I am most active. If you want new original content from me, that's where you can find it on YouTube shorts, full length shit on YouTube as well. Uh, this episode, previous episodes, and all my writing goes to crier.co Instagram and Twitter and Facebook are essentially just promotional vehicles. I do not put a lot of original content on them. They are vehicles to steer you to crier and the podcast and YouTube. Hit me up there. That's where I love you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Damn. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. 
and listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.